Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, easy. What's up, guys? My name is Evan Duvall. This is Easy Does It. Thank you for joining us. Well, what's up, man? How's it going? Going well. well I'm sitting here with my buddy, Jake Rosenberg. Uh, we wanted to kind of drop in today and recap what a crazy, crazy beast of a year 2021 was. No doubt. Um, there was a lot that went on this year, and, and Jake's a guy that... You know, I always see out and about making moves. He's got his his hands in a little bit of everything, and um, I would love you all to to get to know him and hear his story. And it's definitely um, encouraging and inspiring to me to to see somebody out there that cares and is excited to be a part of the scene here in Austin. And and uh, yeah, let's just spread that that message. But, love that. Yeah. Thank cool, you. man. Well, let's uh, let's get into a, a brief introduction and yeah, uh, drop in. Sure. So uh, Jake Rosenberg, um, art curator, art collector, uh, represents some fine artists here in Austin. Uh, art brokerage, that's where a lot of a lot of this started. And then I got involved with a experiential production company called Cirque Noir, which a lot of people might know from underground and deep house music scene. Um, so I do experience direction over there, help run the business create opportunities to put artists on across the board is really what I'm here for. Make space for artists to do what they want to do. Yeah. Like take kind of all the bullshit to the side and let them focus on their artistry. Totally. And keep making Austin a, a great place to enjoy life. Yeah, man. Yeah. I think, um, that's something I've spoken about with you and with a few others just about, you know, how the creative community here in Austin needs that support, you know, to to recognize that it's something that needs to be fed in order for it to last. Um, and, you know, also you're another guy that, you know, I see has that business mindset in a way that's very supportive to creatives that might not be as business minded. Um, of how to provide that next best opportunity for themselves. And um, I see you coming up with really, really cool ways of doing so. It's kind of like, you know, evolving how people can support art here in Austin. And, and um, you know, a few episodes back, I interviewed uh, Jacob Guzman, mm-hmm. who's an artist that, you know, you're managing and helping out. And, um, man, I was so stoked to hear that you were helping you know, sell these bigger pieces and start these financing programs that, you know, made art 
you know, more affordable for people that may be, you know, on a budget month to month or something where it's not this like fine art gallery kind of experience where, you know, you not everyone can afford just a, a large scale piece of art, you know, straight up, yeah. you know, in a night. And so um, it was cool to hear that, you know, you were being more progressive in that sense and trying to find, you know, how you could support artists and make it more affordable for you know a younger market yeah and you know i think what people are realizing is that you know there are artists that are depending on these sales and that income to do what they love and and also you know on the the consumer end just being proud of the things that you buy and support and that you put on your walls and it tells a story oh 100 uh, percent it matters of it yeah for it sure. matters um yeah, what you're talking about, like the accessibility of art, because like straight up, you know, a five thousand dollar piece of art, like I don't have five thousand dollars laying mm-hmm. around to just, you know, on a dime, drop that kind of money on a piece of art. As much as I might love it and want right. to support that artist, so yeah, the financing program that you're talking about specifically is Art Money, mm-hmm. which will break that up into ten payments. And yeah, it's like, that's awesome. It's yeah, it's awesome. It works out really well for for the artists, especially mm-hmm. they can move more art more quickly. Young collectors can like get their collection going more quickly uh it just supports this underlying creative ecosystem which Mm -hmm. i think is what we're really talking about because like artists don't live in a bubble like separate from the city that we live in like they're They're part of what yeah they're they're part of what makes up the city Mm -hmm. and makes the city attractive yeah and if you look at how cities develop it's the artists that go and seed the parts of town that then become the hip part of town. We're on the east side mm-hmm. of Austin right now. Like 10, 12 years ago, this was not a part of town that people were hanging out in. Right. Artists started moving over here into inexpensive bungalows, into inexpensive warehouse spaces to set up their studios, made the area hip. Mm-hmm. Then what happens? It comes and gets completely redeveloped, gentrified, and doesn't look anything like it did yeah. when the artists were here. I mean, yeah. there's a Whole Foods and a Target right next to us now. Right. Right. It's like, yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. The gentrification. But mm-hmm. yeah, and I think that's, that's when we, when our path started first crossing the initial conversation that we had once we realized, you know, what each other's passions were and, and how we were hoping to help mm-hmm. was just that it was that we were, you know, I've, I've been educating myself more and more on how the culture here in Austin has evolved and the one thing that is constant here in Austin is evolution and growth. And it's a very fluid um, ecosystem, like you said, of, of creativity and art and money and growth. It's insane how that's nothing new to Austin. You know, we're in this era right now where people are flooding here. And, you know, I'm, I'm telling everybody, like, this isn't anything new to Austin, Texas. You know, it's right. like... Um, I think Austin was founded in 1838, I believe, and uh, it's doubled in size every 25 years since, and we're still on trajectory to keep that same pattern. And so it's just, yeah, it's it's something that's has sustained here. Um, I'm reading a book right now called Indelible Austin, um, and it's just about how we've been sustaining that growth for so long and how the culture here has always claimed 
that there is an old Austin that was better than what it is now. Mm-hmm. And they were like, I think that's that statement's been being said since 1840. And uh, the year after Austin was founded. Right. <laughs> you know, so, but that's so. everywhere you go, it's an attachment to the past. Yeah. It's, it's our attraction and nostalgia. Sure. So that you that's that spans generations Mm -hmm. whatever city you're in there's always this attachment to some golden age Mm -hmm. in the past that may or may not have existed yeah and generationally if there's an older generation let's say now they they're in their you know 60s 70s where they remember austin in Mm -hmm. the 70s 80s you know where it was you know their prime it's like well maybe you just miss the nostalgia of, of being young and in the mix but there's also something about this city that keeps people young in their minds and in their hearts. And I love seeing that interaction between generations here in Austin. Totally. Where there are no boundaries. But my point I was getting at was when we first met, I remember one of the initial conversations that we had where I was like, all right, I really like this guy. Like he's, he's thinking on the same terms as I am. And, and he's, you're saying that, you know, there's a reason that we're here at native hostel, Mm -hmm. you know, like we look around, we have the ability to kind of observe and assess like what the current state of culture here is in Austin. And just asking ourselves the simple question, like how can we be a part of that? Right. And I think that that brought both of us here and so many more, you know, because like this really is the epicenter of culture and art right now and there's there's you know plenty of spots that are doing that but this seems to be some sort of hub where yeah. everybody kind of crosses paths and at least comes and have has a 100%. drink 100 yeah the native has this gravity to mm-hmm. it right and i call it the the cultural jump off spot for for austin and for the east side yeah. like you like you can jump off your night here you start your night here you meet yeah. here for drinks and then you head out or if you're an artist or in the creative community you come here to collaborate with your creative peers mm-hmm. to meet new people, make new friends, make new connections yeah. to, to drive something forward. I mean, Austin, I think about cities that are pumping culture mm-hmm. um, globally and in the U.S. And in the U.S., it's traditionally been Los Angeles, New York, mm-hmm. Chicago, much less so now, Miami, right? you know, Seattle in the past. But now Seattle seems like Amazon headquarters corporate ground zero to me yeah and but austin's pumping culture and people from all the Mm -hmm. coast and people globally are looking at austin Mm -hmm. and 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 looking at our culture at texas culture at this idea of freedom and self-responsibility and and um and ownership of what you're doing this like artisanal outlook on life Mm -hmm. and the native is then like within that microcosm of creating culture in austin like Natives right there in the middle yeah. of it, and it's just such a good space for it. And the the team behind the native is so here for that, and mm. and want to facilitate that and not control it, but right. just but hold the space for it. Yeah. And so I've been attracted to the native since it opened in like yeah. 2017. I've been bringing here, bringing people here forever, and I've seen the native change a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's what happens the only constants change we were talking earlier like the only constants change and that's okay don't get attached yeah practice non-attachment and like Mm. what what are you gonna do be upset that the city grows yeah like when there's there's that creates room for opportunity you know if people are are looking and caring then 
you know, we can continue to step up and, and progress, you know, what kind of like is available for people to get involved. And, and I think that's something for me that was so important coming out of the pandemic and a lot of others is that increased awareness of how we wanted to spend our time and energy um, and what that was worth to us. And, you know, the simple fact is that, you know, we're not in this era where we have to go out and just stimulate ourselves to the point where we distract ourselves from our lives and, and then just wake up the next morning with regret or, you know, just, just worn out mm -hmm. from like, just, you know, hyper stimulation. And, you know, something that was really important to me was just going out in the right environments where I knew there was a purpose, um, where I can support, you know, the local culture here. I could meet people that inspired me or that would lead to, you know, more deals or relationships or people that just want to keep, you know, pushing their limits and progressing. And um, that's something that's not hard to find here because so many people are, are really good at what they do and they're willing to collaborate and teach each other and, and um, it's really exciting for me to continue to expand and, and meet those people in these different environments to see what is really possible. And, yeah. and that's where you get a feeling of how fluid this is. Yeah. Well, it's also like um, anything's possible. Mm -hmm. Like Austin is not calcified or stratified in right. terms of like what you can and can't do as a no. creative or a, as a producer. Mm -hmm. It's It's open. Yeah. And so I think, you know, I've watched your trajectory here you know, from day one, walking in here and your team building the studio space, mm -hmm. like the trajectory of that. And, you know, even my own vision through the lens of the native, it's like anything you want to do, you can manifest right. really. If you have a vision, if you share that vision, if you bring people in and make them part of it, mm -hmm. you can do anything here. Yeah. And that's what's so attractive about Austin is like, yeah, we're pumping culture and you can be part of it. Like mm -hmm. you are too. Like we're doing this together. Right. And I've been on the consumer end. Yeah. You know, that's that's the importance and the conversations that we've had of like, you know, how much it means to a producer for someone to just buy a ticket. Mm -hmm. Like what that does. You know, it, it allows us to build these stages and mm -hmm. pay these artists and and hire bartenders and you know there's so much more that goes on behind the scenes like these things don't just happen like yeah. people are working their asses off from their hearts because they care about art or you know they want to set the vibe and and get people you know acquainted with a certain way of of experiencing life and you know these festivals and you know, shows that just blow people away. Like, you know, a single night really does have the opportunity to change someone's life yeah. and the way they see everything. And and uh, what's exciting, you know, for me to see in your path is just like these ideas are getting more and more dialed and, you know, scalable. And there's other brands like we we're talking about that are making their way here to where these experiences are, are going to be around for a while and they're going to get more and more massive and yeah and uh you know calculated as we go along in our city for sure and that you know what you're talking about makes me think of the recent uh production we did with mayan warrior mm -hmm. so we produced the mayan warrior show here in in austin yeah the first time in austin the first time in texas that yeah. uh, the mayan warrior art car uh, which for people that don't know mayan warrior is one of the larger 
if not the largest um, art car from Burning Man. Super impressive piece of experiential art, mm -hmm. you know, lasers, lights, sound. Um, so we produced this boutique festival back in, in mid-October. I mean, going into that, at first, I'm like, I just want to pull this off. Yeah. Like, like in terms of, you know, producing a, a, a large-scale show like that, yeah. the permitting, the operational side of it, I'm like, all right, we just need to pull this off. Yeah. My intention was I wanted to and continue to want to elevate people's expectations of what a quote-unquote entertainment experience mm -hmm. is. I do want people to come to my events and the events uh, we, we create at Cirque Noir to get in touch with themselves, mm -hmm. to enjoy their time with the people that they're there with or with the people that they'll have the opportunity to meet because we're creating this uh, container where they're safe to explore different parts of themselves and where the music's so on point that it unlocks part of themselves that is kind of difficult to access. Right. And with Mayan Warrior, man, like we pulled it off and then walking around that night you know, working at the event, like just the the joy on people's faces, they're just beaming, yeah. like hearts open. I'm like, oh wow, like I think we did it. Yeah. You know, and people talk to me still um, about the event and about how special it was and how they never experienced something like that in Austin or really anywhere. And so that kind of feedback loop is like, all right, yeah, yeah, we're doing we're doing the right stuff. And as a result of doing that, like. There's like 200 staff at that event. Like we're putting, we're we're feeding people's families. Mm -hmm. Like Cirque Noir is a big business right. that, that puts a lot of money in people's pockets to whether they're artists or bartenders or they're security guards or I mean it goes on and on and on. They get to live their life because we're we're creating shows and and experiences. Yeah, and that's amazing. It is to to be a part of. Yeah, and I think you know on the consumer end, it's just it's so important for people to to appreciate all those different levels of what goes into something like that you know it's it's easy to you know just judge events or you know say like that was a success or you know maybe not on the producer end but the consumer end like oh i had fun last night or mm -hmm. maybe you know there was drama in your group or, you know and you judge this entire event you say mayan warrior was such a bad time because i went with some people that sucked <laughs> you know and it's like no man like look at things for what they are care to ask like oh man like this is a massive production or yeah. you know just appreciate people that are putting on events or or you know thank the people that are working them instead of acting like you're entitled to whatever you know <laughs> and it's just like have some respect for how these things are built and how important it is to our culture here and and um, because we want everybody to have a good time obviously but um, but also to appreciate what that's worth and, yeah. and how it, you know, helps our city move forward and in more ways than one. And yeah, I mean, look, people don't need to know the ins and outs of like, right. producing a show. Yeah, uh, producing an event. But Most people don't want to. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't blame them because like, yeah, it's, it's a lot. A lot of work. You know, I I I try to get away from as much of it as possible and focus on the parts that I like that I yeah. enjoy. But you know, you sometimes you got to hold your nose and do stuff that you don't exactly want to do mm -hmm. for the greater good yeah. of the event. Um, and uh, with what we're doing, you know, 
we we communicate about the events in such a way that we're really trying to to curate the crowd so people know what they can expect yeah so that they're in the right mindset and they're perhaps bringing the right intention for sure to the event yeah. so that they're they're not having the experience you talk about where like they had a bad time because of their group or whatever yeah like hopefully nobody's looking through that lens or has right. that context and if they do hopefully they can understand their own context right and not put it on us yeah exactly um but uh doing that kind of stuff putting i call that like putting a flag in the ground like mm -hmm. that event was a flag in the ground for us like a big marquee event that we're going to do annually now mm -hmm. with this well-known brand mayan warrior um so we'll be doing it next october amazing and it's like okay that's on the calendar annually now yeah. something to look forward to something they can people can like kind of build their octobers around like october wasn't crazy enough in austin already yeah <laughs> <laughs> we, we just had to add to the mix yeah but you know we'll, we'll be partnering with other brands to do other things like that on that on that kind of scale it's awesome two three thousand people yeah i mean that's something that you know it's it's been a trip this year it's just the pace of things you know and sustaining that and keeping a level head about you i know you just took some time off mm -hmm. which was you know I, I'd, I'd love to hear about you yeah. know kind of how that resets you mm -hmm. um but it's so important because like the pace this year has just been mania you know it's yeah. been insane you know the demand for you know good events for people to get out people want to be out yeah people want to be connecting and that put a lot of pressure on curators this year to like really live up to that standard because they knew that the timing was really essential. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we've been riding that wave all year long, you know, where a lot of other cities around the country that, you know, would be entertaining people or, are you know, shut down. And Austin was a place that's been more open and, and obviously we're getting this, you know, wave of growth and, people are flooding here because this place is open and and activated and um yeah that that created a lot of opportunity but it was also a lot to to handle and um you know let's open up a little bit about that you know what was that experience like you know yeah. I, I mean from burnout to mm -hmm. just exhaustion and yeah you know what what was this like here for you because i know it was a tough one for me yeah, I mean it's it's been a year. Yeah. I, it's been the fastest year ever. Yeah, I ever. gotta slow this shit down next year. Yeah, I just mean like things are volatile. Yeah. We all feel it, whether we acknowledge it or it's like unconscious. Like mm -hmm. things are topsy turvy, mm -hmm. and just the pace, like every week, just melts away. Yeah. So this year is gone. Mm -hmm. Next what? Next week? Right. It's a year. No, it's insane. It's insane. And so you think about that. You think about the context about the demand mm -hmm. for events like once the floodgates got opened again and we came down out of I don't know, level five what i don't even know what the yeah. ranking systems are with the city of austin <laughs> no. I, I don't know but um you know it, this year was kind of a not a slow build but a lot of uh planning mm -hmm. leading up to october for for what we do with mind warrior and right. then thereafter but you know we did we did quite a few pop-ups during the course of the year, bringing artists here from around the world, keeping our brand, Cirque Noir, relevant and top of mind for people. Um, but just in terms of, you know, like what went down these last couple months and where I'm coming from. So I left my corporate job. Mm -hmm. I, I've had a corporate job for like the last 12 years. I was yeah. like a telecommunications executive. Yeah. And I was moonlighting in this creative world for the last three years. Right. And then when we had Mayan coming up, 
I was like, you know what? Like, I'm not going to double time, not double time, but I'm like, I want to, whatever I'm doing, I want to give my best at. Mm -hmm. So with my employer, I'm like, they're not getting the best out of me. My clients aren't getting the best out of me because really my mind and my heart are, are with this event. Yeah. So I took a leave of absence and I've since left that corporate world so I can focus on these creative endeavors. Yeah. So I left at the beginning of September we had the show October 16th. So for like those six weeks was just like, they were crazy days, Yeah, but in a good way. I mean, we made like a war room in my, in my dining room, me and, and Kamyar, the founder of Cirque Noir and, and Yusuf does our bookings and Brian's our director of business operations. Mm-hmm. We're just like day after day, just knocking it out. Right. Um, then we had the event. Then we had like a week off for F1 weekend. We chilled yeah. out a little bit and kind of enjoyed um, the afterglow of the event mm-hmm. and then right into Halloween weekend. Yeah. And we did six shows back to back. We did three shows Halloween weekend. And then the weekend after we did three more shows Damn. and we called that the Austin marathon, you yeah. know, for our internally, we called that our Austin marathon. <laughs> I mean, but it was like boot camp for some of our new team members to like learn more about the pop-up world. Mm-hmm. But it was a grind, man. Yeah. Baptism by fire. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, just throw them in the mix and yeah. And like, and, and then we're bringing on new staff to do our bar op and, and mm-hmm. new, new staff to do our security and like new dancers and, you know, people that are character actors and all this stuff to add to the experience. But so you're like building new contacts, but it's in real time. It's not yeah. like we're sitting down to have a, a you know, onboarding process right. it's, it's like <laughs> show up at eight doors yep. are at 10 yeah um and then we had this really cool opportunity to do this project in houston with the post mm-hmm. uh post htx it's this really cool real estate development we did their grand opening produced a big show there cool and then i was like yeah i'm out of here and yeah. i went to arizona where i grew up nice. uh, to hang with my family for two weeks for for thanksgiving and a little extra um, came back, went right to Art Basel mm-hmm. to go see all the production going on out there. Down in Miami. Down in Miami. So if you talk about like a manic year, yeah, I mean, that's a manic weekend. Like yeah. there's so much going on. Yeah. There's so, so much going on. I was there. I'm like, well, I want to see all these different productions. Mm-hmm. I, I want to I wanna see what people are doing. I want to see how they're using technology, what's going on with NFTs. And so it was a good, it was a good learning, but it took a lot out of me. Yeah. Right. Um, so then basically other than the show I did, um, like the week after that, the last two weeks have been pretty mellow for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did, I did a show recently at the, uh, at photo house. Yeah. I know, you know, Daniel real well. Oh yeah. Um, we did something over there and it was cool. It was fun, you know, relatively small with a hundred right. people, but like, like intimate and very cool. Yeah. But now it's just kind of resting. Mm-hmm. I'm going to head to Costa Rica. Like I told you. On Monday, yeah, close out the year. Close out the year in Costa Rica and, and awesome. start the year, start the the next year there as well. Um, you know, but between now and March, so basically between the winter solstice and the spring equinox, mm-hmm. like I've got a lot of goals, personal goals, professional goals, good projects on board. Yeah, like we're all stoked about 2022. Yeah, it's gonna be everybody's it's gonna be a good year. Yeah, it's gonna be a good year. I think when the floodgates opened this year, everybody was doing everything all the time. Mm-hmm. I think for 2022, people are going to be, this is my just personal opinion. I think people are going to be more picky, yeah, more choosy think, yeah. about where they spend their time because I think a lot of people burnt themselves out this year. I know I did. Yeah. <laughs> I think we all did. Yeah. Um, so 2022, you know, we're going to be, there's a lot of, there's always intention that goes into our stuff, but it's going to be even more so and even more regimented in terms of 
our calendar of events. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, on top of that, like you mentioned Jacob before and, 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 and doing art, you Mm -hmm. know, doing more art shows in more interesting ways in more interesting places. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just trying to make sure that the artists are taken care of first and foremost with that world and finding new collaborators. So, you know, I'm happy this year's over. It was a good year. I think overall it not, not in spite of the pace, Mm -hmm. but because of the pace and like learning. Right. Yeah. It was just a year to like, just grab on and hold on. Yeah. Like run with it. (laughs) You're going to get some momentum. Like the momentum was there and whether, you know, whether it was yours that you're creating or the demand and, and we found our, our, pace throughout yeah. you know we made it yeah know? we made it it's like it's like running with the bulls you yeah. know it's like you gotta you gotta get ahead and stay ahead or like you're gonna get gorged for sure i mean not to be yeah like graphic but it, no, it's kind of it. what this year felt like yeah um and stay ahead of you know what people want in terms of experiences and um also try and stay ahead of the 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 game in terms of you know when are feeling when are people tapped out mm-hmm. um of energy for this yeah. kind of stuff yeah, man, I think, you know, something I like to really talk about and, you know, is just the storytelling portion of, like, how people got involved in art and kind of how that evolved, um, you know, and connect the dots that, you know, a lot of us weren't born into this knowing that this is what we wanted for our lives mm-hmm. or, you know, it just kind of evolved over time. And, yeah. And, you know, choosing this creative path over you know that corporate job and and life is interesting and relatable and there may be people listening that want to make that jump and just have no idea where to start and so i'd like to kind of get into you know growing up in arizona kind of what that looked like i know you went to school in cali no no arizona oh you went to school in arizona yeah u of a and then you went out to california right for a little bit Oh, I've always, like, I have a lot of family in Southern okay. California. Yeah. I lived a summer out there, but okay. yeah. Yeah. And then making your way to Austin, mm-hmm. kind of how that's evolved. Sure. So from, you know, growing up. Oh man, I'll, I'll try and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll summarize a lot of the backstory and then we'll yeah. spend a little bit more time on like the last four or five years. Cool. But yeah, I grew up in Arizona in Phoenix, then went to school down in Tucson, U of A, mm-hmm. a little study abroad. Didn't have any fun there. No, no, no. fun. It was, uh, Arizona was, uh, doesn't party. No, Arizona has no idea how to party. <laughs> A uh, little pit stop in Buenos Aires. I did a, a cool. exchange program there. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I've always appreciated art, and that mm-hmm. came mostly from my grandmother. Yeah. Always like, we'd go out to eat a lot at nicer restaurants, and she would point out a lot of the aesthetics mm-hmm. and you know how how color and how aesthetics change an entire experience. Definitely top down. Yeah. So. I, I always appreciated that. I collected some art for myself at the time, but I was gifting people a lot of art. Mm-hmm. Like I remember I gave my dad art. Basically my immediate family, I like to gift them art instead mm-hmm. of stuff. Right. Because um, it's very personal. Sure. So I did that. Um, wound up in Houston. I uh, My college uh, girlfriend is a River Oaks girl. Mm-hmm. And then I, I wound up out there. That didn't work out, but Houston mm-hmm. 2011 was the place to be for like a, for a yuppie, yeah. you know, just to, to start my telecommunications career. That was the spot, yep. but I always all wanted business. to get to Austin. Did, all, you, did you untuck your shirt at all that year? That's a good question. Like slept. I think a, maybe like three or four times. I you slept in a Dockers belt. Dude. Tucked into your slacks. I don't want to talk about like 
<laughs> that version of me, like I think of who I was at like twenty three. I appreciate that, man. Twenty six, like chameleons, and oh can kind of like float. And, but know. there's a dark side to it as well. Like, yeah. like you know, I was drinking too much at that age because that's all that's all my peer group did. Right, was like go and binge drink. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, let's do it. I lived by Washington uh in 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 houston like mm-hmm. big party street yeah and you know going there and going to midtown just to drink and i look back at that part of my life and i'm like gross yeah because i don't drink like that anymore yeah it's it's you know it's a tough spot to be in you know where you're just like keeping up with the pace of your peers yeah. and expectations right. of like what i should do or what people are expecting you to do coming out of college mm-hmm. there's so much that so many people have set aside at that that point in their life you know let's say like 22 23 24 moving forward where you really haven't set aside the time to figure out who you are as an individual exactly and you're just living up to what you this either this idea of what you should be doing or what an adult is and there's so much that we set aside um you know it's all i knew he always described it as like you know kind of the way i saw things coming out of high school was you know people went to school make good grades, get into a good college, make good grades, meet a girl, get a job, right. start a family, build yeah. a house, work your ass off so that you can put a kid through school and then make good grades. And it's just like this, you know, <laughs> constant like wheel of, yeah. of just, you know, the same thing. And, and there's so much societal pressure that comes from just like sustaining that. Hey, but I, I want to say, like, yeah. if that's what you want, mm-hmm. I'm not talking about you, Evan. Right, like, if right. that's what you it's want, <laughs> go, like, go get it. For sure. That's yeah. that's awesome. I wish I had that sometimes. Like, I thought I wanted that for a long time. Yeah. And I was kind of, like, living, I was leaning into that. Yeah. And, but then, um, you know, I always wanted to get to Austin. Mm-hmm. Even, like, in 2009, 10, yeah, yeah. when I was still in my undergrad, I'm like, I want to go to law school at UT. Yeah. Like I want to be a lawyer at that time. Yeah. No, no rhyme or reason. Just like, I want to be a lawyer. It'll make my mom proud or something. And, um, after four and a half years in Houston, I did get accepted to UT, but to the Macomb school of business to go get a master's degree in business. Uh, so that brought me here. Mm -hmm. I was working still corporate at the time doing both. Um, did my program finished from the program there and, a and I'm still collecting art. Mm-hmm. And at that time, like in 2016, 2017, um, I started going to this party on the east side called Cherry Cola Dog. Yeah. Yeah. You've probably, yeah, you've heard of yeah, it. I've heard. Yeah. The legends. Le- yeah. And so like, that's where I met Matt. Yeah. Is at Cherry Cola Dog. So yeah. I started collecting Matt at Cherry Cola Dog. We, we looked it up earlier today at lunch in like 2017. Yeah. I for, bought the, my f- for those listening, Matthew Trujillo was interviewed a few episodes back and a uh, good friend of ours and very talented artist, if you don't know. He's sitting right here as well. Yeah, yeah. we're not looking at him right yeah. now. We're not talking to him. Yeah. So, you know, I so so the genesis of, like, how I got here, and, I you know, Matt and I talk about this, and I give him a lot of props. I'm like, dude, you really started this journey for me. Yeah. Because went to Cherry Cola Dog. The, that party was wild and free. It was $10, mm-hmm. BYO, every Saturday from, like, 10 until whenever. Yeah. And it was an absolute spectacle. It's like BYOK. at that time it was a lot more i brought white wine i'll put it like that um or some brews or whatever so you know people would be live painting 
like all these artists would get to hang like one piece inside the warehouse yeah and um so i started buying matt's pieces and then i would get friends from like dallas and new york to buy his pieces and that was going on for a while and then maybe in 2019 in 2019 i asked matt if i could take a bunch of his canvases to houston Mm -hmm. for this cirque noir show and he's like well what cirque noir and i'm like it's this you know it's the circus it's the dark circus uh where theater and interactive art meet Mm -hmm. underground house music sure and it's awesome yeah and he's like i'm down i'm going on this two-week cruise with my dad but here's nine canvases like go nuts yeah so i formed a business i formed fade blue Mm -hmm. which is my artist representation and curation business yeah i insured all of his art i put these nine like four foot by six foot canvases in a Mm u-haul took them down there and we put on this huge show um at the revention center in houston for halloween that year it was like two thousand people there and so that's how I started working with Kamyar and Cirque Noir. Is cool. It was that event. Yeah, I brought all this Austin art to this Houston show, did a lot of the art direction and, and overall creative for that event. And then I started collaborating with Kamyar and Cirque Noir mm. from that direction for, for some time. And then at, at a point, Kamyar's like, hey, I'd really like you to come into the business and like collaborate with me on a, on a, on a deeper level, on a more strategic level, not just the the creative art direction side so i'm like down yeah yeah so things were going great and then this little thing like popped off february 2020 and kind of put the brakes on all the plans we had for uh for that year and what are you talking about oh oh uh the (laughs) covid19 uh pandemic whatever it is at this point yeah um round four wherever we're at dude it's i'm so like we were talking before i'm so happy we're in texas where it's like you know regardless of what happens now for sure going for like texas isn't going to close yeah they've remained really strong throughout Mm -hmm. all this whether you agree with it or not it's just allowed people to kind of sustain life and we're playing by the rules um, yeah i mean we i mean there was still just too many small businesses lost and yeah and um you know i think overall you know, it's good for people to take a pause. I think there's like Matt and I talked in our episode, there's, there was so much good that came out of, you know, the pandemic creatively mm-hmm. for people, um, that, you know, we're still riding that wave. Of no doubt. Things that'll, no doubt. Really and I appreciate trajectory. Exactly. Like I appreciate the quiet time I got, mm. um, at the front end of that. Um, yeah. I mean, everything has a rhyme and reason. Yeah. It would appear. Mm-hmm. So that was, you know, almost two years ago at this point. Um, Kamiar moved from from Houston to Austin. We were doing this thing here at Native upstairs in the romper room mm-hmm. before you were here called Sham. Mm-hmm. So we did this pandemic friendly um, experience up there yeah. where we had six tables of six basically around a queen size bed mm-hmm. that we had positioned in there. The DJ would sit at the end of the bed and, and DJ to the room. So it was this like very low key, Everybody's sexy like vibe. Seated. Everybody's seated sure. around the room, like eat, like spaced out. I mean, if people want to dance on the dance floor, we're not going to stop them. But right. if you wanted to have- Leave room for Jesus. A, a quarantine friendly <laughs> kind of setup, it was yeah. there for you. Yeah. 
right? So we were doing that for like three, four months and it was an absolute vibe. Mm. And we got to express ourselves creatively. Kamiar got to perform a lot. We brought in like major DJs for these 40 person shows. Yeah, that's awesome. And they were like, the best reaction was like seeing these DJs be like, I'm going to sit down to DJ. We're like, yeah, man. They're like, this is wild. And then, you know, like an hour into it, they're like, oh, I get it. This is a vibe. Yeah. And um, we had a lot of fun with that, developed our relationship with the native, Mm -hmm. and then things started opening up again. So it didn't make sense to do a 40-person show. Mm -hmm. So then we went back to doing like proper pop-ups for three, 400 people. And that's led us back to where we are now with doing Mayan Warrior Mm -hmm. and these other bigger events that we're doing again. And, you know, in parallel to that, I'm doing art shows here at The Native with, like, A.J. Brooker, mm-hmm. with Jacob Guzman. We have more yeah. artists on the roster for next year for them to get these solo show opportunities on the walls of The Native, which is yeah. huge for these yeah. artists because a lot of people come through. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's a proper solo show with 15, 20 of their pieces, and they sell, and they get exposure, and they get recognition, mm-hmm. like that psychic recognition that we're all striving for, whether we're conscious of it or not. Right. But really, we're selling their pieces. Yeah. And that matters. Yeah. Like, my, my number one goal with Fade Blue when I started is, like, I want to take that piece of the puzzle away from, from artists to not worry mm-hmm. about money or to not worry about posting their stuff. Because, it, it, you know, I even saw with Matt, like, back in the day... Matt would be like doing all this good stuff and then feel kind of uncomfortable about posting it because it's like he views the art one way and then to box it in into a tiny little square picture, it it kind of takes away from the significance of the art itself. And I was like, damn, that's yeah. heavy. Like you're dealing with that every time you make a piece. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, maybe I can help by like, you know, applying my marketing or sales background. Right. So, um, yeah. That, so so all this stuff was building for like three years where I'm yeah. doing both. And then it came to this point this year where I'm like, wow. Yeah, you got to choose yeah. what your well, true passion is. Because what, what I always talk about doing is like, oh, I'm going to build this runway. So I'm not just like leaving the corporate world and then figuring it out. Mm-hmm. And then this fall, I'm like, yo, your runway's built. Yeah. <laughs> like it's there. You, yeah, then you've you been, just got to like burn the boats. And yeah. Stuff, I know. had this call with my boss after coming back from a vacation and he's like, you don't sound great. I'm like, you know what? I can't lie to you anymore. Like, I don't love this. Yeah. And I can't fake it. And I can't yeah. fake it for my customers. I can't fake empathy. So, like, I got I to gotta go. Yeah, I reached that point pretty quickly, like, when I was training, doing personal training over at Onnit. And, like, in the eyes of kind of, like, what my goals were, you know, coming out of the military, I thought it was, like, my ideal situation to, like, be working there doing something I loved and having this time and space to build my own, you know, podcast and that platform where I was getting, you know, the fitness side taken care of by my day job and then interacting with the city and this art community kind of through my own, you know, curated events and off time, basically, if you want to call it that. Mm -hmm. Um, but then I got to this point where, you know, I was working two full blown careers and, and both of them started to suffer, even though my intention was to do both of them as the best I could. And the more and more I, I 
you know, just tried to sustain both, I just felt more and more torn to the point where, you know, my body has always been a key indicator for me of like, whether I'm on my path or off of it. And I felt so much resistance internally mm. where I was just worn out, you know, like I would show up to my job and I would just like, I would just feel exhausted yeah. and I'd, I'd get a good night's sleep, you know, I'd show up exhausted, I'd have no energy and then I'd walk out and I'd feel great. I'd feel fine. <laughs> it was just like, just this overwhelming, mm. like, you know, sign that like something needed to change and fast. And finally, you know, after a few months of just feeling like that, where I was just like bulldozing my way through, you know, shifts, I was just like, man, it's time. Yeah. You know, and I gave him a, a 30 head, 30 day heads up and, and bounced out and, and chose this. And I had, you know, five times the amount of work ahead of me yeah. day to day. But a bounce in your uh, step for all of it, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's been, it's been empowering to choose that and, and trust the process and, and, uh, you know, just focus on, you know, the relationship side of things, you know, trying to interact daily with people that are just on their grind and inspired by choosing themselves and, yeah. and, um, and doing their thing. And I think there's a lot of room for expansion in that. Oh, hundred um, percent. In 2022, you know, I think rolling into the new year, um, this can be the last podcast of the year. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, you mentioned having a lot of personal goals and, and also professional goals. And, you know, that's uh, a key, you know, thing in my mind right now as well is like I've been sitting down over the last week and really just kind of like trying to draft up, uh, you know, some structure for my year in 2022 and, and making sure that I'm making those personal goals, you know, part of my life again, because 2021 was such a a rush and wave of like establishing ourselves professionally and and keeping up with the demand that yeah. a lot of those for me just got put aside you know where agreed i realized like you know there are certain areas of my life that i had been so disciplined and and spent you know time whether it was like journaling and meditating and you know working out and eating well like this last year i was just like work 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 because i realized there was an opportunity to really build something for myself. Um, but I'm realizing that 2022, the year of the white tiger shouts out. Yep. What? It's just really a good year. Um, to, I don't know anything to about get back this. in balance. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Dude. I'm going to have to look into, into that. Yeah. I've been reading into it. It looks like a good year. Is it a year of the tiger? Like yeah. on the Chinese Zodiac? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what's up. But, um, yeah, but, you know, I, I heard you mention that and I'd like to get into kind of what that looks like for you. You know, if you don't mind sharing, yeah. kinda, what are some of those personal goals? For like, sure. You know? No, totally. Like what you're talking about, I echo a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, basically to keep pace with what was going on this year, mm -hmm. I like threw myself a hundred percent into production Same, yeah. and stopped taking care of myself. Yeah. Physically, like mentally in yeah. a lot of ways like not journaling not meditating mm. so basically i got away from doing the things mm -hmm. that make me me yeah. that make me great in totally. my in my own personal special way not not saying i'm like great right but just like the things that make me feel like myself i sure. stopped doing i sacrificed yeah, I'm in to, the same place. to keep pace mm -hmm. and so when i came back from 
Miami a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, dude, yeah, you need to like take care of yourself. Yeah, you feel the separation. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it's like, okay, well, yeah, let's start working out again. Mm-hmm. Or I joined Kuya. Yeah. Over there next to on it, I'm like, every day I'm hitting the sauna and cold baths and yeah. like, and so that makes me get into my breath work and. Yeah journaling again mm-hmm. and reading again yeah it's that foundation that really yeah. built you know the the person or you know the the being capable of exactly. sustaining that and then like 2021 was like oh the world's back open let's go let's go you know <laughs> yeah. just like all you know yeah. all things got pushed aside and like for me 2022 is to really just ask myself you know like you know get back in balance there make sure that I, you know i can sustain this mm-hmm. you know and and make sure that there's a reason that, you know, I'm, I'm you know, building this life for myself is I want to enjoy it. I yep. want to feel good throughout it all. Or it's just another form of another rat race, you know, and it's yeah. like, okay, we might be choosing something we enjoy or, but we don't want to make that work or burn ourselves out of that either. So it yeah. takes a lot of focus. It's like, you know, there's this thing about monetizing your hobbies. Like you don't want to monetize your hobbies sure. and because they don't they're not fun anymore. Yeah. So it's like threading that needle, finding mm-hmm. that line where it's like, I love doing production. I love creating experiences, but you're going to have to plug your nose at certain points to right. like do mundane stuff so that the event can take place. Yeah. And so just like having the awareness to be like, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. pa- it's part and parcel. Yeah. Deal with it. So that's actually one of my goals is cause like I'm, I wear my heart on my sleeve. Mm-hmm. Like I can be pretty emotionally volatile cause I don't hide shit. Yeah. So when there's something I don't want to be doing, I, I'm like pouty or yeah. bitchy. Yeah. And like, I don't want to be like that. Yeah. You know, I just want to plug my nose, pretend I don't smell the shit. Mm-hmm. As Kamiar has said to me, just pretend you don't smell it and like carry on. Mm-hmm. And so kind of just like swallowing that, not swallowing my feelings, but just kind of dealing with that kind of stuff yeah. and putting it in its place and being okay with it, mm-hmm. taking care of myself physically and like putting some weight back on, like a couple yeah. of like weird little metrics for myself, for, sure. for, for my own wellness. Um, you know, setting goals for the partners that we're signing up mm-hmm. for the scale of the events that we're trying to do for launching new artists and like goals for their sale like these are the kind of measuring sticks that i'm giving myself that are like really measurable Mm -hmm. you know they're 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 objective it's not like did i do a good job that's a subjective metric for myself these are like these i can measure how much money did you put in that artist's pocket Mm -hmm. that's real yeah um and really a question i asked myself as part of a journaling project at the beginning of last year that i still haven't answered is what do i want Mm. like at the broadest level like what do i want out of life mm. i don't want material stuff right i don't want stuff i want a certain kind of lifestyle well name it like what mm. what is the lifestyle that you want and i've been working through that yeah and i've identified more stuff that i don't want than what i do like i don't want to be in austin all summer mm-hmm. i can tell you that it's hot yeah we don't do events during the summer here or you're right. in houston it's too hot and uncomfortable yeah it's just a good time to get out he's a good yeah. time to get out so like my sis- the best time to be here is mm-hmm. like spring and fall and, uh, yeah. yeah basically like the end of september mm-hmm. until the end of april yep. mid-may yeah <laughs> other than that it's like there's just other things to see there's other places to go. <laughs> so like my sister my little sister lives in anchorage alaska okay 
I have two nephews or I'm, I have one, she's going to have another uh, son in, in mid January. I'm like, you know what? Like I should spend the summers in Alaska cause it's gorgeous up there. Mm. I should go and go fishing and like build real relationships with my nephews, with my nephews, not just right. like see them once or twice a year, but like spend weeks on end with them yeah. fishing and like having these real deep, meaningful experiences. So I'm like, okay, so I'm working backwards from that. Okay. If that's what I want, if I want to spend the summer in Alaska, how do I shape my life mm-hmm. to make that financially viable to, to do? Yeah. And so, okay, we'll turn your house into an Airbnb. So it's like it, cool. I'm like reverse engineering these objective goals for myself based on the things that I want. Yeah. That's super important. You know, it's like I've, I've been on this, you know, recent journey of learning a lot of lessons from mentors. Well, and there's one that just really keeps popping up and like, you know, as I dive deeper and deeper into business, you know, I'm really good at articulating what I'm doing you know, and why it's important to me, what I'm passionate about. But, you know, all these mentors I have that are really, really good in business, they're like, okay, I get that. What do you need? You know, and that's something that I've been trying to focus on more, you know, in order to sustain this is like, okay, I've been on this period of output and like focusing on what's the you know, customer experience, you know, how am I helping artists? How am I engaging the local culture here? And all throughout this year, I was just like suffering myself because I was giving everything away, you know, and it's like 2022, my major reset is just making sure that like I'm giving back to myself and I'm asking those hard questions and, you know, you know, actually benefiting from all that energy expenditure. Yeah. And, um, I had a friend that, you know, sat down with me and, you know, taught me a prayer recently that has really helped and you know the more I do it the more I feel um you know cared for in this world and and it was um like who are you right define who you are in that moment and speak it out loud speak it into existence whether there's anybody around or not speak out your name who you are identify the labels you put on yourself um and you start to, you know, just hear how you paint a certain picture of yourself. Um, and then the next step is to, you know, say out loud what you're grateful for, and what you're really enjoying. Mm. Um, and then the next part is always the hardest for me. Where are you struggling? Um, where could you use some help? And then the last part, where do you need or what do you need? Mm-hmm. So who are you what are you grateful for um where you're struggling and what you need yeah and if you can speak yourself through that yeah like try to do that daily whether you got to write on it or speak it out loud or sit with a friend and express that like there's nothing more vulnerable than you could do than ask yourselves and say those things in front of someone else mm. because you'll be surprised like what really comes up and um that for me has just like really provided a lot of clarity on on what I need from the world. And often it appears somehow, you know, it's just yeah. beautiful to speak those things into existence. And, you know, whether you believe in prayer or manifestation or whatever it is, or just goal setting, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, if you want to call it your new year's resolution, mm-hmm. maybe 
you know, utilize that format and really identify full scope, you know, how you want to show up in 2022. I love that. Yeah. I love that. I'll, I'll bring that into my daily practice and For sure, my man. journaling. It's yeah. Good. It's, it's provided me a lot of strength. And, and do that. I mean, I think that's good in, in, in the business setting as well. Like we, we recently did an exercise within Cirque Noir where it's like we all, we identified, we self-identified our roles and responsibilities. Mm-hmm. I'm so-and-so and these are the things I do within Cirque Noir, mm-hmm. right? And then like four or five, six of us within the business did that. Mm-hmm. And then, and then we like shared this information with one another and we kind of charted it out like where we overlap and if we're going to overlap who leads what and, and it was mm-hmm. a really good exercise that's good yeah, and it just... showed all of us what each other are really interested in doing mm-hmm. not like at the top topical level but like a little bit deeper what you're actually interested in doing not just within the business but within the industry what's personally important to you right and it gave us more defined roles yeah and it was really helpful yeah i think it's important to you know structure out and get some clarity on that you know like who you are, what you're good at, what you're passionate about, mm-hmm. and do more of that. Yeah, you know? no, fine. exactly. It's yeah. like where where your where your strengths meet your ability mm-hmm. to to execute. Yeah, like there has to it that space has to be open for you to apply your strengths. Yeah, right. If somebody else is like begrudgingly sitting there and not making the space because it's their job, quote unquote, mm-hmm. then you you're gonna get really frustrated. Yeah. Yeah, man, I, you know, there's something, there's a characteristic that I've noticed, you know, uh, about, you know, people like yourself that, you know, you just don't get here by chance, you know, there's a lot of long, hard lessons along the way. And, and, um, I think I'd like to talk about just like overall, you know, what was the one thing that you know, kept showing up in your life that led you here, you know, like, mm. you know, for me, it's been just the ability to, to listen to my intuition, take action, not be afraid of failure. And even know that when you do fail or you misstep, mm-hmm. there's still room for growth and lessons learned. And that directly benefits you. Like there is no losing if you're taking chances, especially early in life when you don't really have anybody <laughs> that's, you know, really counting on you yeah and um for me that's so important to lean into that now you know before i start a family or before i have 200 employees that are counting on me just to take chances and learn shit the hard way and and figure it out because those are lessons that you know for me i'll remember if i if i burn them into my (laughs) into my soul just by like you know paving away for myself like that's really something that'll be sustainable in the future. But I'd like to hear kind of what that journey was for you and what you've taken away from it. I mean, that's a, it's a good broad question. Yeah. And it's, it's a bit challenging to answer because it's no one thing. Like we are all the sum of our collective mm-hmm. experience. Mm-hmm. And that's really interesting to think about like every moment to moment. Think of all the context of what makes you, you, yeah like everything yeah and then like your parents your military career your sports career like all these things and then everybody you've met every visual thing you've seen every meme you've seen is all context that has led you right to here and then everybody else's perspective is just as complex as what you exactly you know started to imagine so what i've realized recently 
And once again, going back to that cherry cola dog mm. party that I went to back in the day is like, I didn't have an expectation that that party existed right. or should exist. But then the first time I went to it, I'm like, fuck yeah. Yeah. This is the party I was looking for. Yeah. Right. So, but somebody had to be bold enough to create it, mm-hmm. to, to like create that space and to, and to collaborate and, and bring in Matt to hang the art and bring in all these artists to live pain and, and the DJs and the, and the fire spin, like all the stuff that was going on. Somebody had, well, it was Mike, Mike Gray, yeah. put it all together. But, um, so thinking about that and how that led me into this Austin art scene. Mm-hmm. And now we're, I'm, I'm part of a team creating really special experiences for people. And we are sitting around a table creating the ideas that people are going to experience. Yeah. And we're trying to lead people further. We're not trying to repeat stuff that we've seen and thought was cool. Mm. We're trying to push it. And what I'm, the, the two things to take away from that is you can create anything, mm-hmm. anything. Yeah. And people are down. Yeah. They're down for it. Yeah. They want it. They don't even know that they want it, but as soon as you give it to them, they're like, ah, oh, it's exactly what I needed. Yeah. Especially with the correct time and energy and intention. Yeah. Like if you put that into it, then it'll, it'll be received just naturally and organically. Exactly. And like, you know, further in your point, like, yes, yeah, somebody did have to take the chance and, you know, think that idea up in their mind and then take the chance to say, I'm going to do this and do it well, mm-hmm. you know, and that creates an experience. But then on the other end, you know, like you decided to go out that night, you know, like you could have, you know, said, ah, you know, it's not really my scene or, you know, oh, I've never been there before. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm just going to go to, you know, West Sixth or uh-huh. whatever, you know, do what I'm used to doing. <laughs> it's like, no, dude, like get out there, try new shit, mm-hmm. step into the unknown. Mm-hmm. Man, people are terrified of the unknown. And I'm not above that. We all are, right? Yeah. It's trusting yourself enough to step into it and you know just know that it's gonna be okay like we're in this age of uber you know like go out see new shit if you're not having a good time or if it's not your scene you don't have to stay bug out Uh, yeah bug out (laughs) like the old irish goodbye (laughs) never go again you know but i just like i'm just amazed you know the more and more that i reintegrate with my city um, after being gone so long, you're about just like, there's always just new parts of town. There's new restaurants, there's new relationships to be formed. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, new party, you know, events and places that I've never seen before. And that's what I love because that keeps feeding me something that inspires me and, and, you know, helps me develop new ideas. And, you know, it's like, we always talk about with artists is like, man, how do you get the most inspiration? just by living you know it's like there's not much of a a legacy or to be left from an artist that just locks themselves away and just like just hammers out you know their craft it's Mm. like well you know for it really to impact the world and then you know it has to be shared it has to be expressed and also you know how do you keep feeding that yeah, you gotta be part, you gotta be part of the world. Yeah, and so that's that that personal and professional balance. I think that 
need to find is realize that both give you life, both give you energy, both give you inspiration, and um, there will be a lot of memories that are created along the way. That yeah, I mean, if look, we make it to a nursing home one day. <laughs> we'll be be shaking in our chairs. Oh, no, just Elon you know, will he'll, he'll, Elon will invent something for us. Uh, the next couple of years we don't have to do that we'll just, yeah we'll just live forever yeah <laughs> everybody will work for everybody's Amazon. hooked up to vr yeah you know, i mean just, like you we're joking about this is no, pretty just, real yeah <laughs> it's like it's the, be byok <laughs> <laughs> killing me with <laughs> yeah hilarious. i mean like when it comes down to it and and this is really where i'm coming from like at the at the end of the day mm-hmm. is I want to create the Austin that I want to live in. Yeah. And that's like, that means I want to see the art around that is good and is, is worthwhile. I want to create the events that I want to be at. Yeah. Like I want to be part of Austin. Yeah. And, and you do too. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're doing is we're like trying to put our stamp on it and push it forward, but in a way that's true to Austin, Mm -hmm. but is also self-aware enough to be like things are going to keep changing yeah let's guide it yeah and then when we're done we can say that really was like austin in its prime the old austin (laughs) there 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 will be nothing like it austin's dead it's done you know i mean i'm so excited for austin (laughs) no Yeah. yeah i think it's you know it's something that generationally you know even in my you know small existence on this earth is like i see it every day dude like i go run around like town lake or you know push around the areas that like in my minds you know really shaped like who i was Mm -hmm. you know and i still see kids running around that you know i was with their skateboards in their hand Mm -hmm. just wandering around the trail asking strangers if they have weed you know like that made me who i am dude you know like kids at barton springs trying not to get caught looking at titties yeah dude. i was that kid yeah i believe it look i did similar stuff in arizona we didn't have a barton springs to go you no know titties no yeah Damn. none of that going on yeah. but definitely you know plenty of that look at it's look, never the ones you wanted to see though you know <laughs> still still true to yeah. this day <laughs> god bless the water is constantly 68 you know yeah. that's nipples what... are hard <laughs> <laughs> really going on strong here yeah. going going out strong yeah um love I'm a, barton I'm a huge proponent of free speech clearly yeah yeah and, me too and i think i'm hilarious you are yeah. i mean yeah barton free free the nip free speech <laughs> hashtag you know and people people are free to make their own health choices for sure in texas i think it's a very empowering thing where yeah. it's like hey you Just know be yourself be yourself you want to yeah, stay I mean, home like, stay i grew home. up in an era where there was like leslie you know was Yo, walking yeah. around in sure. women's underwear mm-hmm. you know and i'm like when i was a kid i just i, I you know my my parents would point it out and they they you know, raise me to just kind of be like, you know, that is weird, but it's okay. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. And not that big of a deal. He ran for governor. Yeah. You know, like anything is possible, you know, I got pretty close. I think he did. Yeah. yeah I want to say that. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I think he almost won. I mean, I, it's I, not statistically backed by anything. Just, yeah, a child's it impression, feels good. A child's impression of like that guy ran for governor. 
I think I got I had a few years of crossover with Leslie before he passed away. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, it, was, yeah. it was special. I mean, it's like, and that's the Austin that was in my heart and in my mind. Like mm-hmm. when I wanted to move here, and then I ended up being here. And then when I found Cherry Cola Dog, it was like that wild, free, loose kind of Austin. Yeah. And actually, when you first came to my attention, it was like back in April and May. And one of your first guests was Steve Yang, mm-hmm. and Steve yeah. did the the art bomb, you know, House of Impermanence thing Dude. back in yep. May, yeah. and that was like I loved that because mm-hmm. it reminded me of everything of Cherry Cola Dog and what I identified Austin with. It's just like this loose, like backyardigan kind of party. Yeah, like fly by the seat of your pants. Yeah, like stop being so squared off. Yeah, like, thinking about the consequences. Yeah, no bottle service. Everything. It's like no, no it's this like, is a shit show, but it's yeah, going to be really entertaining for sure. Yeah, that's one of my number one goals of 2022 um, is to break more rules. Okay, and just have more fun, dude. Yeah, like just blur those lines. You know, it's like. Why do we care so much about just like everything being so squared up yeah. and structured yeah. and like knowing what we you know expect the second that we step out of our door? Mm-hmm. It's like, man, you got to have a, a, at least a portion of your life, whether it's on a Friday night or a Saturday night, that's just like, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. But I know I'm with people that I love and yeah. trust and in a, in a you know place that I love. Yeah. And, uh, I want to make some memories. I love that, man. That's like a little X factor, like the the wild card. Yeah. Throw that in there. Yeah, definitely. I love keeping that wild card up my sleeve. Yeah. It's important. Hell yeah. Well, cool, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. This is great. honored that you joined me for the last podcast of the year. What a special surprise. I had no idea. Fucking wrapped. And uh, yeah, a lot to look forward to. And uh, yeah, I continue to you know be inspired by you and look forward to making more memories as we go along and feelings mutual you man yeah so thanks uh, evan yeah if uh if y'all enjoyed jake's story today be sure to to look him up if you want to direct people to to your channels or you know personally professionally sure you know, um where they can find the events totally um at cirque noir c-i-r-q-u-e-n-o-i-r that's our uh, events production company and then uh, Fade Blue yeah. is uh, my art curation business. And my, my yeah, that's it. You don't need to follow me. Just follow that. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I'll put all that in the show notes. And, right on. Uh, yeah, just come out. Come pop in the native. We're probably here. Probably. And uh, yeah, see y'all next time. Cool. Thanks, Jake. Thank you. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast. Back to the arena, the interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the interview. Electric Acid. Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a beautiful different type of show. I'm Sarah B, and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Electric acid.